Phil? Hey, Phil! Phil! Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for watching. Hey, hey, now, don't you tell me you don't remember me, because I sure as heck fire remember you. <laughs> Not a chance. Ned Ryerson. Needlenose Ned, Ned the Head, come on, buddy. Case Western High, Ned Ryerson. I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing, Ned Ryerson. I got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing, again, Ned Ryerson. I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times until you told me not to go out anymore. Well? Ned Ryerson? Bing! Welcome to the Fluent Nerd, a not-so-serious discussion on all things nerdy. I'm Z. I'm Neil. Welcome to the Fluent Nerd, a not-so-serious discussion on all things nerdy. I'm Z. I'm Neil. Welcome. Okay. <laughs> this is a show. Where I was low-key hoping you'd do that. <laughs> this is a show where we discuss our love-hate relationship with the most famous and infamous franchises, movies, shows, and games in the nerd world. This week, we're talking about... Groundhog Day. What are we talking about? Groundhog Day. Okay, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, we're not. Tell me the tale of Groundhog Day. Yeah, so a guy wakes up and he keeps waking up in the same day. The He's end. He's a weatherman. <laughs> Phil, I don't remember his last name. It's just Phil. Phil. It's Punchatani Phil. Phil's the weatherman. No, Punchatani Phil is the groundhog. I know, that's a joke. Okay. You never noticed he has the same name as the groundhog? Yeah, I did. That's okay. kind of the point. Yeah. Anyway, he is a weatherman for some Pittsburgh weather station. <laughs> He says he's you know he's like hey you know I got a, I got an offer at another um, another company or whatever another big studio something like that and another he, network another network that's a word and he heads out <laughs> to uh, Ponchatani Ponchatani uh, Ponchatani Poxatani Pennsylvania I assume sure um, where they have the Groundhog Day celebration every year where they pull out Ponchatani Phil Poxatani Phil. He's the uh, the groundhog that they pull out every year, and you know the one that has never, pretty much never predicted the proper spring winter uh, coming. Well, as I say in the movie, they used to just pull them out and eat them. Oh shit! I did not know that. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but that's I what hope he that's says. true. Um, and so they're going to uh, they're going to you know do the, do a news story on it, like a bunch of fucking news stations do every year, especially because it's weather related. Something weather guy. Phil finds out it's like the worst. It's like his worst fucking day ever. He like hates what happened. He runs into as this- we discussed though. It's really not that bad. No, no, no. It's, just- it's and it's we'll get into that. Yeah. But like he's having an awful day. He hates what he's doing. He wants to get back home. He predicted professionally that the blizzard that was coming through was going to just blow north or blow away somewhere, and it actually traps he- him in that town for the night. So you're saying he blew it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, All right. Derailed. <laughs> In any case, they um, he gets trapped there that night, and then he wakes up, and it's Groundhog Day again. I got you, babe. Yeah, that's the song that uh, plays at 6 a.m. every day when he wakes up. And he realizes, you know, obviously if you were living the same day, you'd have a little bit of weirdness, but you'd be like, hey, I think I'm living the same day again. This is kind of weird. I just did this yesterday, and the third day, then the fourth day. And then he starts realizing, oh, life has no consequences. He does. A whole bunch of shit. So he starts trying to romance and have sex with everyone in the town. Fucks everybody. Fucks everybody. Including Poxitani Phil. <laughs> he definitely fucked that gerbil looking thing. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, 
And then I, I can't remember his producer's name. What's her name? Uh, Andy McDowell. Rita. Rita. I say it's not Andy McDowell. It's Rita. The That's producer's name. name is Rita. Uh, he, like Rita he, sp- he spends however many days in here trying to... Four months, uh, years, we don't know. I say however many days. Those are all made up of days, aren't they? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Good story, bro. And he, he can't get that done. several seconds there. Can't get that done. Uh, he always ends up failing uh, to quote-unquote seal the deal. And then he goes on a, like a suicide binge for a while where he just murders himself for days on end. He doesn't only do bad, though. He learns ancient French. Ancient it, French. Mm-hmm. He learns French poetry. He learns medieval French, which is ancient French. French poetry. Old, like old English. I wouldn't count medieval as ancient. It's ancient. Anyway. He learns to play the piano. He does learn to play piano. He, uh... He, but then it eventually culminates where he does the perfect day, right? Where he helps out everyone in the town who's had a problem, who's doing yeah. something. He who, stops being the jaded dickbag he was yes. the whole time. He finally does the right thing for everyone all day. He finally buys insurance from his buddy. From Ned Ryerson. Ned, who he doesn't really know. That we, we don't know no. that he actually knows him. No, we don't. That goes into some theories. Yeah. We'll never fast-forwarding there. But he finally gets everything, and he does pretty much the perfect day, and that's what makes Rita fall for him. And then they finally go to bed. Because it's genuine. They don't even, I don't even think they have sex. Because they, they, they go to bed, he falls asleep, and he wakes up, and she's there. It's February 3rd. It's February 3rd. And that's, and th- I, this movie is so fucking good. And I had, this is part of my uh, movie education that you've been, it's a fucking Taking classic. on for years. Yeah. Uh, there are certain movies, because I grew up with parents who did not really appreciate film. Like They didn't what? Appreciate film, you fuck. <laughs> um, and like, you know, they just had fun movies and good movies, and there were a couple ones there, but they're not fans of the classics, like My Godfather and My dad sat me down like at 12 and made me watch American History X. God damn. I learned movies young. I, I didn't have a That's rating. That's why you're so fucked there up. There was no rating system for movies for me. It was like, if this is a good movie and you can learn something, sit down and watch it. My dad was and the dad. And if you tried to talk during the movie, he cranked the volume up until you did, couldn't hear you anymore. My dad was the dad that when we were watching Bond films growing up, he'd have us turn our heads when the sex scenes came up. I stole my dad's Playboys from like 12, 11 or 12 on. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and now you get you know, a little bit more about where I came, came from as well. Um... But yeah, honestly, at the end of the day, the movie is rep- like rep- repetition, repetition, repetition. There's a lot of things in there. But as far as plot goes, not a hell of a whole lot. Nope. But we got a lot of other cool stuff for you. Yeah. So we'll so... come back with that in a minute. Okay, so Bill Murray, obviously, is Phil. He's from Ghostatani Phil. No, he's the Junior Bull. Groundhog. I know, it's a joke. Uh, Ghostbusters, Stripes. Every other Bill Murray movie from the 80s that's not really nerdy, but... Yeah, from the 80s. And then there's... Yeah. Uh, Zombieland. Yep. Osmosis Jones, Space Jam, Kingpin, Little Shop of Horrors, whatever. There's a billion. There's a billion Bill Murray movies. And they're all good. A billion Bill Murray... Go ahead. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't have anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think you did. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Balls. Balls. <laughs> Andy McDowell is Rita. She's also in Muppets from Space. Chris <laughs> Elliott. What? There's a Muppets reference in every it wasn't, episode. It's not what... I just... I was coughing, asshole. Chris Elliott plays Larry. He's also in Metalocalypse. Fucking phenomenal show. <laughs> Awaken. He is 
He's some sort of captain in SpongeBob in one episode, apparently. Uh, he's Vigini on Futurama. Vigini? Yeah. V-G-I-N-Y. I can't remember who he is either. Huh. Uh, he's in King of the Hill. He's in Scary Movie 2 and 4. He's also in Osmosis Jones, and he was in Dilbert. Dilbert. All right. Steven Tobolowsky was Ned Ryerson slash Satan <coughs> slash Beelzebub. Whoa, you are definitely skipping ahead to the fan well, theory, get sir. get there. Shut up. It's not even a theory. This is how I see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was the guard captain in Spaceballs. He was in Justice League. Oh, my God, yes. Justice League Action, some TV show. Uh, he was in Atlas Shrugged, uh, Batman Arkham Origins, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Freaky Friday, which is another weird, like... Like the original body- one or the one with fucking Lindsay Lohan? The Lindsay Lohan one. Yeah. But it's still kind of a strange premise movie. Yeah. Maybe he's Satan in that, too. We have to Maybe he it. is just Satan. Yeah. Uh, Kingpin, King of the Hill... <clears throat> Uh, and he's in The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars the as the brave calculator. Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. Not the only actor who's in Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> <laughs> the other one's Brian Doyle Murray. Uh, he's actually Bill Murray's brother. He plays Buster. He's also in every Bill Murray movie ever. Uh, he's the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob. He's in It's Always Sunny, Adventure Time, Supernatural, American Dad, Justice League TV show, Hey Arnold, Family Guy, Rocket Power, and he's in The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. You yeah, already, yeah, and Wayne's World. He's got a very distinct voice. Yes, he does. All right, guys, we're gonna get out the uh, fill the groundhog. Uh. That's my impression. Okay, can, can you do that again? Nope. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray was actually bitten twice by the groundhog during shooting. Oh, it's a real groundhog. <laughs> That's why I was laughing uncontrolled. <laughs> I was doing my notes. He had to have rabies injections. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's pretty good. All right, the scene where he had Phil- to have multiple ones, multiple days in a row. Uh, he had two different bites. All right, the scene where Phil picks up the alarm clock and slams it on the ground didn't go like they planned it. When he smacked it on the ground, it almost didn't break, and it just kind of stayed in one piece. So the crew hit it with a hammer over and over, and it, the fucking thing actually kept playing like it did the movie. Huh. Yeah. All right, Hel- Harold Ramis is the director. He's also in Stripes and a bunch of other movies. Right, with, right. Yeah, he's a with great guy. With the Bill Murray. Yeah, he died in 2014. But he uh, he wanted Tom Hanks to be the lead. That would have been a good movie still. Well, but he thought about it, and he said Tom Hanks wasn't mean enough. He's too nice. That That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, Phil is a dick in this movie. Yeah. An active dick. So, according to Harold Ramis, most of the time, um, when he tried to explain the scene to Bill Murray, Bill Murray would stop him and just be like, stop, just good Phil or bad Phil. That's all wow. <laughs> that's a confident actor right there. Yeah. All right. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis have both been honorary Grand Marshals for the Groundhog Day celebration. Also, the guy who plays Ned was a ground. Who was a yeah, too. yeah. Uh, so in the DVD release, Harold Ramis actually says that the uh, idea was to go for Phil to live out February second for about ten thousand years, dude. And that's my headcanon. Well, he says the director says he probably actually only lived it about ten years, but still, ten years, man. Yeah, you can do a lot in ten years. So Harold Ramis told the kids in the snowball fight to hit Bill Murray as hard as they could. Bill Murray <laughs> responded by throwing snowballs back as hard as he could. Tip for tap, man. It makes sense to me. Yep. All the clocks in the diner are stopped. <coughs> oh, shit. That? No, I did not. Freaky, right? Oh, wow. That's that's a cool detail, mm-hmm. man. Okay, so the movie was not filmed in Puxitani. It was actually filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. There's a little plaque. There's a Wo- Woodstock jeweler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's I noticed that. There's a little that. plaque that says Bill Murray stepped here on the curb where he keeps falling in the puddle. And then <laughs> across from that, there's another one that says Ned's Corner. 
where he kept running into Ned. Nice. <laughs> Fail? The uh, idea for Phil to read Dorito while she falls asleep came from Bill Murray because when he got married, his wife drank way too much champagne and fell asleep, so he just read aloud to her. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, in the original <laughs> version of the script by Danny Rubin, Phil was already trapped in the Groundhog Day at the beginning of the story, and we just joined him on a day and had to figure it out from there. Which would I think still work? Hold on, say that again? It didn't introduce us to him at all. We just started off in him doing the story. He was No, no, living. no. You, no, we saw him leave Pittsburgh. I know, in the original draft. Oh, in the original draft. I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah. That's okay. I think that would have been a better movie. It would be interesting. Well, you'd have to write it differently. You don't yeah. live it with him, though. So there's that. That's true. Okay, when they're doing the kidnapping Phil scene, Bill Murray spontaneously improvised the line, don't drive angry, don't drive angry, because the groundhog <laughs> was sitting on his lap, and it was <laughs> agitated, and it actually ended up biting him. <laughs> It's one of the two times he got bit. That's funny. Okay, Phil was actually going to hunt down the ground check or the ground the groundhog in the his ground lair. Chuck. Yeah, he was going to hunt the groundhog in his lair, but they changed it because it was too much like Caddyshack. Yeah, way too much. Speaking of groundhogs, they actually raised an entire family of groundhogs just for this movie. <laughs> See, movies are uh, good for the environment, I guess. All right, the kid in the tree at the beginning. His name is Sean Chihabat. He actually grew up to be a local news TV reporter, uh, news reporter, or a weatherman, just okay. like Phil. Okay. Okay. Danny Rubin said that one of the inspirational moments when he was making, reading the script and writing the script was Interview with a Vampire. Wait a minute. The book. I know. Yeah, because he got thinking about what it would be like to live forever. Oh. Yeah. That's an interesting take on that concept. I like it. All right, so Harold Ramis also considered Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and John Travolta. <laughs> For Phil Connors' role. But he said all of them were too nice compared to Bill Murray. Which, I've heard Chevy Chase is a dick. Yeah, me too. And Steve Martin. I've heard both of them are dickheads. Steve Martin, I've heard, is a dick, yeah. Yeah, John Travolta, he's strange. I haven't heard he's an asshole, though. No, but uh, apparently he's, like, high enough in Scientology stuff where they literally say, if you kill anybody, we'll just cover it for you. Yeah, just let us know. It's fine. <laughs> we'll send it and turn out. Okay, Pretty the scene much. where Phil throws himself off the bell tower... That's actually an opera house in Woodstock, Illinois, and local legend says it's haunted by the ghost of a young girl who fell off the balcony section. And it's haunted by the ghost of Bill Murray in that in that timeline. I like that Bill Murray's not even dead and he's haunting stuff. He's basically his character from Zombieland. He just dresses like a ghost and scares people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harold Ramis actually kept Bill Murray's overcoat from the movie, like the prop. Oh, okay. Which I don't know who has it now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chicago radio legend. Legend Steve Dahl is the guy who uh, does the announcements in the morning. He got asked by Harold Ramis to do this movie, and his radio partner didn't get the movie, and he didn't want to do it, but they did anyway. Yeah, what yeah. are you going to do? All right, so when Phil is talking to Rita and telling him all about what he's been through at one point, he says, I've been shot, I've been stabbed, poisoned, and frozen. These are all methods that they tried to kill Rasputin with. Oh, shit. Yep, and this is also a reference to Ghostbusters 2, where they tried to kill Vigo the Carpathian the same way. Who's also based on... Right, based on Rasputin, Rasputin, yeah. Which, Ghostbusters 2? Eh. What do you mean, eh, motherfucker? That movie's awesome. Shut up. <laughs> Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are fucking classics, and you will know we're going to cover them. I know we will. But I, I enjoy those movies, What do you mean, though? eh? That's the best one. Okay. It's got Vigo the Carpathian. It's got the Keymaster. 
and what's his nuts, and then what her she gets basically naked in it. Come on, come on, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a minute with some fan theories. There's lots. All right, we're gonna do a little experiment. I'm gonna give you a website. I want you to go to it because you're gonna read through this one with me. Neil. Okay. Go to M E A T M E A T S P I. No. God damn it! I just want to see if I can no, do I, it. Dude, I went to <laughs> high school. I just wanted to do that. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> okay. The biggest theory from this movie. <laughs> Where did that? I just want to see if I can do it. I just want to see if you can do it. And you're just in the background, you spin me right round, baby. I've never watched it with long enough, first of all, to That's hear. literally when it opens on the fucking site. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> all right. The big theory on this movie that I personally subscribe to. Abscribe? No. Subscribe? I know subscribe. There's another word. Fuck it. Ned Ryerson's a devil. He's the one who is in prison, Phil Connors, devil. in this time loop. When he doesn't buy the uh, insurance from him. Uh, also, he's the same devil that's in uh, The Pick of Destiny. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm, I don't know. Cool. Good story. <laughs> Tenacious D? Come on. Yeah. Okay. So, the the theory alleges that the, this whole thing starts when Ned uh, insults old. Or when, when Phil, Phil insults, insults Ned. Ned. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this theory is fucking amazing, well, by I'm the way. Go if you it. don't know it and you watch the movie with this... It's going to be a, a whole new movie. movie. So immediately after he insults him, Ned <coughs> says, ha ha, watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Implying that's the first step in the loop. Into hell. Yeah. Very possible. Or purgatory. Yep. Which some would argue is worse than hell. Okay. So Ned just dies laughing when he files in that puddle because he knows what's happening. Because he's a fucking... Yeah. He's evil. And, and Ned also pulls a fucking like, Phil, hey, I went to high school with you. It's like, I yeah, don't we'll remember you at all. We'll get to that. Okay, and on the last day of the loop, obviously, um, he sells Ned insurance. That's one of the little well, things Ned he does. Well, Ned buys the, in- or Phil buys the insurance, right. Yeah. And that's actually what frees him, not getting Rita to want to bone him. So he signs a deal with the devil to get out of a fucking... I guess. So that's how he gets out of it. He sells his soul to the devil. Yeah. There's some other little things, like um, when, wow. Phil, when Phil takes his first step into hell, the framing shot shows a red coffee, coffee cup with steam coming off of it and Ned laughing devilishly. Huh. Yeah. I need to rewatch that scene. There's other little things. Uh, Phil's head is illuminated at one point with like a halo above it, and there's groundhogs above him in the shape of a cross. Wait a minute. When? I don't fucking know. So you didn't verify any of this. Do I ever verify anything? Yeah, but you love this movie. Okay. I love this movie too, but you really love this movie. Okay. Anyway. Also, if you think about it, buying a bunch of life insurance is as close as you can get to selling your soul in this day and age. (laughs) You're going to have to help me with that one. You're like betting against yourself to die. Oh. Yeah. But it's not selling your soul. Well, it's as close as you can get. You can't really sell your soul. Well, I've tried. Depends on if you believe souls exist or not. Anywho, I'll buy your soul for a nickel. All right, so there is another theory that says Rita put Phil in the time loop, and she's controlling him throughout the movie. You mentioned that. I I buy that less and less as I was watching the movie. Well, I was thinking about it. This isn't in the theory I read, but she could be a witch. Think about it. You piss a witch off, she might put you in the time loop. He doesn't piss her off until, like, day five into Groundhog Day. He pisses her off immediately with a shitty attitude. Maybe she's that vain. I don't know. Is that evil? Again, the when I as we were watching the movie, I'm just telling you the theory, bro. I know, but we're fucking discussing it, well, I aren't even we? Gotten two sentences into the fucking thing, so give me a second. 
<laughs> okay, so Larry and Phil have known each other for a while, the cameraman. And the only thing that's different about this day than any other day that we've presumed they've spent together is Rita. She's a new thing. She immediately sees he's egocentric. She can't stand it. The first hint that she's in on it is the third day when they're uh, in the diner and he orders everything on the menu. He shoves a whole piece of strawberry shortcake in his mouth and Rita recites the following poem from Sir Walter Scott. The wretch concentrated all in self living shall forfeit fair renown and doubly dying shall go down to the dial of dust from whence he sprung unwept, unhonored, and unsung. She says that while this camera's zooming in on her, kind of like implying yeah. her evil intent. It can be read that way. And then as soon as he comes back with a sarcastic comment, she kind of smiles like, man, this is why you're in this mess, stupid. Oh, am I allowed to comment now? No. <laughs> okay, so obviously he gets out. The last day, the only thing he does is woo her finally. So that's implied. Okay, he's now a good enough guy for my standards. I'll release Again, we him from we talked about that, though. That's not the only thing he does on the last day. He does it's a perfect not the only day. Thing I said that's one thing he's only been able to do that day. Oh, I get it. That's... Well, there's only two <coughs> things he does that day that he didn't do in some buys form or insurance. He bought the insurance and, and finally, got her to love him. Yeah, so it's probably one of those two that releases him. I, I am so much if, more inclined to believe the Ned Ryerson theory. I am too, but it's a theory. It's worth discussing. I'm not going to say it's worth discussing. I'm saying there's a lot of holes in the theory you mentioned there, especially the whole time when he's you know getting to know her and like you know gets the same drink and all that shit. Oh, no white chocolate, no fudge. Yeah, but that um, ends up not being the thing that... I know, him. but she if she was in on it, why did she let him do that so many times? Because she's torturing him for being an egocentric <laughs> dick. It, I, I don't buy it, but, I'm just telling but you. I get it. All right. There's another theory that's only sort of related to this movie. The, the theme of this movie is in this. In the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <coughs> Ferris is living in a Groundhog Day situation. Yeah, you and we're said, seeing yeah. it the the way that the original script the was final here. Day. You just see him on the last day because there's a lot of shit that just doesn't make sense. He does a lot of how did this guy put it? Rube Goldberg esque mechanisms that are just too good to work in real life. <coughs> I mean, okay, so Sorry. he outsmarts his parents. He outsmarts the snooty waiter. He yeah. outsmarts Rooney. He covers every single flaw on the plan. He somehow gets out of the car falling off yeah. the fucking building. He's got answering machine messages set up. He's calling Rooney on the phone. Like, all this stupid stuff. He sneaks onto the float. He's just super, super, super lucky. Or is he? Yeah. Or, or is it just like when he, when yeah. when Phil's stealing the bag of money? It's not lucky. He's done this a thousand fucking times. Yeah, he's been through this shit before. Everyone just thinks this is like a live in the moment type movie, no uh, no consequences. Or he could be in a Groundhog Day scenario. He's also proposes to Sloane, who we assume he's just dating in high school because they're about in high school. But in his head, he's been dating her for years. Yeah, possibly decades. Yeah. And he's always breaking the fourth wall because his brain's fucking fried yeah. from living in this hellish reality. That, or he realizes he's in a movie or he's in some sort of scenario where people can see him. Yeah. Because he's just been living it for thousands of years and he's some wise being or something. I don't fucking know. Could be. Okay, and the best part of this whole theory is a moment when he's looking at the camera and he says, this is the bit where Cameron goes berserk. He's remembering it. He's just speaking it yeah, aloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the best thing is when he is at the end of the movie and his parents come home and he's in bed and they ask him how he ended up so perfect. Do you remember the response that he gives to his parents? I don't. Years of practice. Oh my fucking God. 
Ferris Bueller is a groundhog. <laughs> that's the theory. He <laughs> is a groundhog. Yes. No, that, that's perfect. He is a groundhog. He is. He's Pakistani Phil. Yeah. Pakistani Ferris. <laughs> no shit, though, dude. That theory sounds so fucking amazing and, like, legitimate. I, I, yeah. that's, that's a good one, right? That's such a good They're not one. all gold. You got to have some bad ones to make yeah, the good ones. Yeah, I, I, hear, I hear you. That Oh, my right. fucking Christ. Here's the last one I got. Ned is also experiencing the same day I repeat. As the devil? Or no, is this separate is another from guy one? stuck there? Okay. So Ned, insurance salesman. He approaches Phil. He does the same thing Phil does to that woman where he says, Phil, went to high school with you, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, 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 when yeah. he really doesn't know him at all. But... He manages to pop out a bunch of references to Ned's past, which is exactly, or to Phil's past, which is exactly what Phil does to Uh Nancy. He mentions later on in the movie that he's got a sister named Mary Pat. He says they're old high school friends. Now, he's trying to get him to buy insurance. Why do you think that might be? I don't know. Okay, how does Bill Murray, or Phil, he realizes at some point, maybe subconsciously, but he realizes that he's got to make... Her or make uh, what's her name fall in love with him, and that's how he might get out of this. Okay, maybe he realizes it, maybe he doesn't. But that's what we're led to believe in the movie. And Ned's that, subconscious thing is if I can get this guy to buy my insurance. Uh huh. And now, if you're an insurance salesman and you're in this shitty little town in Pennsylvania, and you see this guy who's a fucking news guy, yeah, he's probably got money. He could probably afford to buy insurance. Let's go for him. Maybe even Ned's made a deal with something that's like, you need to get him on this insurance, and you're going to live the same day over and over again until you do. Well, the theory is that just that's what he thinks he has to do to get out of his Groundhog Day scenario. So he's pulling a Groundhog Day on the Groundhog Day guy. That's interesting. And also just different personalities, right? Phil is a dick for most of his days, but Ned is super happy about it because we see him all those days. So the question is, if Ned is in a time loop, why doesn't he do the same thing Phil does and just learn more and more and more and more every day? We don't know he doesn't. We don't know that. But we also don't know that their loops line up. They may not be living them together. They may be separate loops. He may not be in on his loop. We don't know. That's interesting. I'd have to think about that one. Well, the kicker of this one, if you really think about it, if his thing is to sell insurance to somebody and he's picked Phil out to be the guy who's buying the insurance so he can get out of the loop, what happens when the perfect day actually happens and he doesn't come back? When Ned doesn't come back. And when Phil doesn't come back. So oh. if Phil's released from this, Phil's been putting in years of work trying to get him just to buy this insurance or whatever. Ned's been and, putting work for Phil to buy it. Yeah. And if the days don't line up the right way and he's uh, on One a of them could lose. He's on a different loop, then Ned could still be there. So if that last day, if he didn't, if he didn't buy that insurance from Ned, but let's just say this, right? Let's say that Phil's existence. Phil got an otherwise perfect day. Phil's except was, for buying the insurance, the, the, and he was released from the curse. The Ned it just has to pick a the new person Ned and just, start over, I guess. Or does Ned live the next day over and over and over again? Yeah. Or does Ned even? Or are they even tied together at all? Does Ned even exist? We don't know. Do and so in this, people die, right? Yes. He dies. He dies, uh, the old man, the home, old homeless man dies yeah, at one point. There is a moment, There's so you pointed this out to me, and it was actually really interesting. When Phil jumps off the bell tower, mm-hmm. right, and he kills himself. The day keeps going. They show you he has him in autopsy. the morgue. Yeah, the day continues without him. So here's the funny thing. It, it, have you ever seen the Which, movie? Hold on, if you really think, follow that through. Yeah. If he dies and the day keeps going, maybe this whole thing is about Ned. 
it's Ned's day. We keep seeing that is interesting. That is an interesting point. Because right, why we're would seeing, you just start over? Right, we're then? seeing a character who's not the real protagonist. Yeah, but he, like, hear me out on this though. So he got just he's in the bubble. He's in the bubble that got stopped. Him and Ned and right. Ooh. But hear me out on a different idea that I'm thinking of here. Have you ever seen a movie, The Prestige? Yes. You know how it's. I don't know if I spoilers for that movie, by the way. So skip 30 seconds if you don't want spoilers for that. Don't listen to our podcast if you don't want spoilers. <laughs> but uh, but that's not the movie we're talking about. But when he's like, I never know if I'm going to be the man on stage or the man in the box. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, right? Is it a copy of him every single day? Because mm. that's that's one of those you know that gets into those existential I'm arguments. I'm also trying but... to remember: Do they leave the town at the end of the movie? Do you ever see them go back to like Chicago or whatever? Pittsburgh. I don't think you do. I wonder if the whole world's kept going this whole time. What if he gets out in ten years have gone by? It's two thousand. Holy shit! This movie came out in ninety three. He just goes up. He finds out the twin towers and all this other stuff. The entire happened. town disappeared off the map. It's just gone. And the rest of the world moved on. Yep. Just Andy McDowell, the cameraman, oh and Phil. Oh my god. And Ned. <laughs> Fucking Ned. Fucking Ned. Fucking Ned Ryerson, right? That's his name. Ned Ryerson. If anyone named Ned Ryerson tries to sell you insurance, just buy it. Just buy it. Just buy it. It'll save you a lot. Just cancel it when you get home. It's the age of the internet. You're fine. <laughs> but buy it. Buy it right then and there. Buy it and sign with blood and ink. Yeah. Give him your soul. He already has it. He already has it. He already has you trapped in a day. All right. Uh, well, Z, if you could relive a day over and over and over again. Who says I don't? What would you work on first? Like, what's something that you would want to get done right? Are we doing this in place of our uh, least and fa- favorite and least favorite? Well, we'll do that in addition to. Why not? Huh. What would I change? What's something you would try to perfect? Let's say if you had to live today over and over again, which I today was a am. shitty day. I'd, I'd hate to relive this one over and over again. I already am perfect. Oh, okay. So, yeah. What about you? I would learn every language I could. Yeah. Learn a lot of instruments. What if you could just teach everyone a new language you made up? That'd be more fun. I would write. I, I wouldn't write anything because it wouldn't last, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would suck. That would suck. Yeah. And I have a bad memory, so. Yeah, you do. <laughs> day after day after day, not being able to write anything down, that would be interesting. All uh, right, what is your favorite moment of this film? I enjoyed... What what part was my favorite part? Darkly enough, I really enjoyed the suicide binge. Cool, because I can relate to it, I guess. Because if I thought nothing mattered, okay, it's like a video game when you go on rampage. Way to put it. No, it's like a video game. If you go on a rampage, like you kill a bunch of people, it just happens to be yourself. Okay, (laughs) not judging at all. (laughs) What about you? Uh, this movie's phenomenal because it doesn't just show you the bad or the good of being in that paradox he does a little of both yeah i mean he learns how to improve people's lives he tries really hard to save that homeless guy for years we have to conclude yeah for years his mission is to make sure that man lives through the night because yeah. that's how he thinks that initially that he gets out yeah it never happens now does he just oh man disregard this guy the rest of the movie no he still does what he can for this guy yeah he still keeps that up but he knows but he also he's going seduces to die all the women and presumably all the men in the town over this whole time. I He's hope probably that part's fucked true. everyone, including the groundhog. Like, he probably has. So it doesn't just show you what you want to see. It shows you a guy. It shows you a guy doing... It, it does my favorite thing about any sort of sci-fi or... It shows you the good and bad. Yeah. It, sh- it takes a premise and then takes it to its maximum, to yeah. its precipice, to 
what it would be if it was a real thing. But all in all, I'd say my favorite part of this movie is the fact that they haven't fucking remade it. Yet. This is a fantastic 80s movie. It does not need to be touched. Don't fuck with my ground. I agree with you. It will be remade. No, no. What they need to do is remake it. The exact same movie. Yeah. No, I'm not, they don't even remake it. They just show you Groundhog Day. That's what I mean. They again, just in the they theater. just put it. They just go, hey guys, yeah. we're re-releasing Groundhog Day. No, no, that no would not be, re-releasing. We're remaking. No, it. we're remaking Groundhog yeah. Day, but it's the same movie. Yeah. Not a thing has changed. All right. What's your least favorite? You know, I, the whole Rita thing, I think, got a little overdone. He literally met her the day before. Yeah. And I, I just like. I thought like his motivation for that was never clean. It's never pure. Yeah. And that part didn't quite wasn't it didn't Here's come to my quite counter, though. Yeah. Um it doesn't need to be pure. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And you're not gonna like what I have to say here. Okay. There's I don't have a least favorite part of this movie. It, it's it's the perfect movie. You gotta nitpick. Uh uh-uh. I'm not nitpicking it. I, I can't think of anything to improve this movie. I can't think of a single thing to Don't remake it. Yeah. There's nothing to improve on this movie. It is one of the best movies ever made. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite movies, but it's one of the best movies ever made. Also, it's a 90s movie. We established that. Yeah. It's not the perfect movie just for me. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. And actually, every critical movie guide ever has said, this is always on people's top five, top ten lists. Yeah. It's just a phenomenal film. It's truly phenomenal. Harold Ramis can direct the fuck out of a movie. And we really lost a good filmmaker with him but yeah just go out and watch this fucking movie several times in a row if you want i don't care it's great watch it back to back to back to back to back to back and buy life insurance yep all right guys see you next time all right guys thanks for listening to the fluent nerd please head and join us next week uh you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at the fluent nerd if you like what you heard please go ahead and leave us a five-star review wherever you're getting your podcasts and also tell your friends about us. Like, seriously, text one right now or shout if you happen to be in public. You can send your feedback, show ideas, or behind-the-scenes stories to thefluentnerd at gmail.com. And we want to give a very special thanks to our musical talent, Sean Ryan. Check him out on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook. Did he really refer to himself as the talent? <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> <laughs>